welcome to episode 15 of the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in-game as Anthissa or on social media as Anthissa21. And like I promised you last week, we are going to talk about the Marsh Cup. I'm going to go over the PV poke listing, basic overview of what types you need to look at, what's allowable, what's banned, as well as going over JRE Seawolf's Nifty or Thrifty. Now, I'm going to try and narrow it down this week because I know when I did Sunrise, that took a little long on the episode. So I'm going to look at best bargain kind of stuff, especially if you're just getting into Silph Arena this season. So I'm looking at things you probably already have in your Pokedex. We're also, of course, going to take a look at your Pokemon of the week and, of course, AP Battle Academy as well in the back half of the episode. And this time, unlike what I did last time when I started with the Sunrise preview, I am going to give you my opinions on what I think are good Pokemon as well as uh, that's basically going to be an overview of the Pokemon that I'm personally looking at building a team with going into this cup. All right, so at this point in time, you've probably had all the info you could possibly get your hands on, but uh, what's a little more info? Maybe you're having a little trouble deciphering things. Hopefully this will help you out there a little bit. All right, the Marsh Cup is going to run for the length of November, and the types are pretty much understandable and yet easy to get a hold of. Poison, Ghost, Bug, Grass, and Water. Your bans are going to be on Tropius and Abomasnow and, of course, Megas. Not that you could actually have a Mega that's going to top out under the 1500 mark anyway. I think they all shoot up right to around uh, the 20k mark anyway. I'm not entirely... Excuse me. The 2k mark anyway. I'm not entirely sure you may be able to figure out how to make a mega fit in PvP at Great League, but uh, they're overpowered anyway, and Silphorina has banned them for the time being. So that is always going to show up in the bans, I believe, at least for this season until they can figure out all the workings. And of course, if you're interested in doing any of these cups, you can check out a few different places to get in on them. Ghost Stadium has a Discord where they set all that up, as well as Battle Park. And then, of course, local kind of smaller servers will have theirs as well. And Silph Arena has a tournament map where you can find people running through Discord servers to do little mini tournaments and whatnot. So there's always a way to figure out how to do remote tournaments. And of course, everything has to be held remote right now. Although, um, hopefully they'll expand it, but it is looking like the play from home bonuses that we've come to know and love are going to run out on Halloween. So knock on wood and hope that Niantic has some common sense and Pokemon Go app team has some common sense and decides to expand those play at home bonuses because things are not getting easier where COVID is concerned. All right, there are a slew of different resources you can look at. Uh, We are going to talk about the Nifty or Thrifty by J.R.E. Seawolf. 
There's also a first looks video on sylph.gg, give you an idea about different uh, stuff you can look at. That is hosted by Team Rocket Academy. Marsh Cup Meta Simplified by Steve7, <laughs> PVP Steve. And of course, there is this awesome guide put out by Go Stadium, the Marsh Cup early team guide by Polymer Sup. I believe I've said that right. Oh, Polymers Up. Tangent444, and Twastwell. And if I did not say any of your names correctly, just shoot me a DM or a message through email, and I will profusely apologize and make sure I get it right the next time when December's Cup gets announced. All right, so that is the basic overview of the Marsh Cup. It seems really interesting. Um... And again, going into a cup, you have to have Pokemon that have at least one of those types. So yeah, if you want, you could do a team that's all poison, but you're going to leave yourself vulnerable and exposed. Uh, Dual types are allowed, but again, you must have at least one poison, bug, ghost, grass, or water type on those dual typings. Just kind of give you an idea of what's going on with that. Now, first off, let's take a look at the PV poke rankings. Your top... 10 to 15, I know I always go long on this, so let's just say 15, are going to be Galvantula, Ferrothorn, Sableye, Fortress, Trashy Wormadam, Alolan Muck, Pelipper, Driftblim, Gengar, Shadow Golbat, Golbat, Frostlass, Dugong, Alolan Marowak, and Shadow Fortress. Now, the thing about Dugong, if you have it, you better have some elite TMs unless you somehow have the double legacy because that's the one they're calling for, the Ice Shard, Icy Wind, Dugong. If you don't have it, don't worry about Dugong. So just nix that right now just to make sure you're aware of that. Yes, it's in the top 15, but it's better to not worry about it if you don't have it. However, keeping some counters in mind because there are going to be people who will elite TM it to get it. Uh, your top, your key losses for double legacy dugong are going to be Alolan Marakwak, Foratress, Trashy War Madam, Galvantula, and Shadow Foratress. So keep those in mind just in case somebody in your um, tournament happens to have the double legacy dugong. My personal belief going into this cup is that Galvantula is going to be your hardest opponent to overcome. Galvantula, if built properly, should be running Volt Switch, Discharge, and Lunge. I've heard Lunge can cause some serious problems. Its key wins are going to be against Mantine, Driftblimp, Dugong, Fortress, and Pelipper. Basically, if you if you're running a water and you see Galvantula, you're gonna want to take the switch. Your key losses for Galvantula are going to be Gengar, Haunter, Alolan Muck, Trashy Wormadam, and Shadow Jumpluff. Bug or Grass typing, and definitely look out for trying out some Ghost typing. Gengar and Haunter can be especially powerful if played properly. Keep those in mind if you have to battle against a Galvantula. If you happen to have a Galvantula, your fast moves are going to be Volt Switch or Fury Cutter. However, the preference is almost split on which one people are using. So either one would be good, but more often than not, people are going to recommend Volt Switch. Your charged moves are Discharge, Lunge, Energy Ball, Cross Poison, and Bug Buzz. Mm, Bug Buzz doesn't really do as much, so that's at the bottom of the pile, obviously. It's a really close between Discharge and Lunge. 
However, Energy Ball is the next highest one. I'm guessing you might be able to get away with it. And for the record, it is Grass Energy Ball, not Electric. So keep that in mind as well. It's a pretty good sturdy Pokemon if you've got one. With some of the events they've had recently, Joltik was rather plentiful, especially over the summer, so I'm pretty sure a lot of people will have it. Uh, Ferrothorn is another one to keep an eye on. Bullet Seed, Power Whip, Thunder are the move sets recommended. Its key wins are going to be against Mantine, Pelipper, Shadow Golbat, Dugong, and Shadow Lapras. So, again, it's the grass versus water. If you're running water and a grass comes up, you want to make the switch. Key losses are going to be against Shadow Sizor, Golbat, Driftlim, Sableye, and Galvantula. Ferrothorn does well, but not against Galvantula. Charge moves available are Power Whip, Mirror Shot, Thunder, Flash Cannon, and Acid Spray. This is one of those weird kind of situations where you have a number two that is not being recommended. And, uh, I do believe I remember reading in J.R.E. Seawolf's little information bit on Ferrothorn that Mirror Shot can do well for shield baiting, but it's a bit of a risky move and it may not always work. So keep that in mind if you're wanting to run Power Whip Mirror Shot instead of Power Whip Thunder. Next up is Sableye, and with the current Halloween event going on right now, you should be able to get your hands on a pretty decent Sableye. I do believe it's one of the ones I'm looking at, although building it does get a little bit pricey, so mind your stardust on that. Shadow Claw, Foul Play, and Return, they're recommending using a purified Sableye. I've not had the... Uh, luck of encountering a Shadow Sableye, so maybe I'm a little out of luck there. However, charge moves where those are concerned. You also have Shadow Sneak and Power Gem. Power Gem's a little bit weaker, but uh, Shadow Sneak and Foul Play are a good moveset if you want to use that. It takes wins against Haunter, Gengar, Alolan Marowak, Driftblim, and Golbat. However, it's losing to all of your bugs. Fortress, Shadow Sizor, Crustle, Galvantula, it also takes hits from Mantine. So it is pretty good, but keep an eye out for your flyers and your bugs. Otherwise, Sableye, definitely worth considering. Fortress, again, a lot of the tops on this meta are, you're looking at grasses and bugs, so this will be interesting. Bug Bite, Mirror Shot, and Earthquake, and they are actually recommending Mirror Shot, 24% of people are using it. The next one that people are using is heavy, is heavy Slam. Pardon me, my brain runs faster than my mouth and sometimes I just kind of trip and stumble over my words. Heavy Slam is being used more than Earthquake, but Earthquake is the recommended. It's especially good against certain water types. Um, pardon the noise in the background. I'm trying to make sure it doesn't show up all the time, but uh, that's just my phone charging off my laptop and it keeps doodalooting. So pardon me and forgive me for that. Um, <laughs> so anytime you hear that, that's what's going on there. I can't make it stop. Key wins for Fortress are going to be against Shadow Shiftry, Shiftry, Trashy Wormadam, Ferrothorn, and Celio. Losses are going to be against Galvantula, Shadow Sizor, Driftblim, Crustle, and Gengar. It's going to take wins against Grasses, but it's going to take losses against Bugs and Ghosts. It is worthwhile to consider. However, it does get a little bit pricey to build, 
I believe it shows up in what I consider uh, the midsize or the luxury category. It shows up in the luxury category. Yeah, I'm I'm breaking the nifty or thrifty down based on like the amount of dust you end up spending as if you're spending money on a car. It's just what made sense to me. And uh, number five is going to be Trashy Wormadam. And this is as far as I'm going to go in the breakdown for your top Pokemon. Confusion, Bug Buzz, Iron Head. Iron Head is a good move to consider. And Confusion users tend to do pretty well. Your key wins are against Ghost types, Gengar, Haunter, Galvantula, Drifblim, and Shadow Cloyster. Your losses are kind of varied. Mantine, Alolan Muck, Ferrothorn, Shadow Scizor, and Sableye. So it's re- a little weird. Fast moves are Confusion and Bug Bite, and that is split almost perfectly between who's using what. I believe JREC Wolf says you can go either way, depending on what wins and losses you want to consider. And of course, all resources will be linked in the description of this podcast. So if I don't touch on something, you can go in and take a look at these resources yourself. Your charged move sets are Bug Buzz, Iron Head, and Psybeam. Bug Buzz being the top use. Iron Head and Psybeam are almost pretty close, 36.8% to 20%. Iron Head, I'd go ahead and go with that one. I think it's going to do a little more damage as well. It's a... Uh, Resistances are going to be against Poison, Grass, Steel, Psychic, Normal, Ice, Fairy, Dragon, and Bug. So it's got some good resistances going for it. So definitely worth considering if you happen to have found a decent one somewhere that you can kind of play around with if you've already got one built. I believe uh, the Worm Atoms get a little pricey in the building depending on how much stardust you're looking at spending and that's going to do it for the top pvpoke.com rankings there's a whole bunch of other pokemon in here to consider and our pokemon of the week is not in the top 10 but is definitely worth considering uh other ones going on from four from 16 on pardon me shadow shiftry haunter lantern mantine shadow sizor shadow sableye Venusaur, Celio, Lapras, Cradilly, Shadow Lapras, Empoleon, Escavalier, Shiftry, and Azumarill. Also, Jumpluff is uh, gonna show up in the Nifty or Thrifty discussion here in a second, and uh, it's 31 and 32. Basically, your top 50 or so Pokemon are definitely worth considering and definitely worth at least running what their weaknesses and resistances are through pvpoke.com's resources that you can use, uh, custom rankings, well, not really custom rankings, but team builder and battle resources that they have set up there. So definitely take a look at all of that. Now, let's move on to the nifty or thrifty list. And like I said, I am going to attempt to be brief about this. For the thrifty section, it's going to start off with, of course, your starters that you have available. And uh, the thrifty part of all of this, 10,000 dust and 25 candy for a second move. Starting with Venusaur running Vine Whip, Frenzy Plant, or and Sludge Bomb. The Frenzy Plant is a Legacy Community Day move, so you'd have to TM it. It's not always your best go-to. I put out a list of recommendations of what I'm looking at, possibly basic 
first impressions on the meta on my Instagram. And if anybody saw it, it was Galvantula, counter Galvantula, Quagsire, counter Quagsire, a grass poison, mainly Venusaur, and having a flex position. That was what I constructed as my first impression. I was informed by somebody that Venusaur may not always be the best choice, and you definitely want to consider looking at Ferrothorn instead. However, if you need a good grass poison type, Venusaur is rather cheap and pretty sturdy and definitely able to do the job on certain situations. So definitely consider it. Uh, It does have some issues with being able to not beat Flying Jumpluff, and I think that's the only one he says is the main weakness you have to deal with. Other than that, it's pretty good against rock and ground types and picks up bonuses like Sableye too as a win. So Venusaur, definitely worth considering. Uh, Magenium, it has a, a bit of a different move set. You get the Vine Whip and the Frenzy Plant, but instead of Sludge Bomb, you run Earthquake. It won't have the same wins as Venusaur will, but is definitely a strong Pokemon to consider. Also want to look at Whimsicott. It's a little bit different. I still don't have a good one yet. It is a Razor Leaf slash Charm user. Charm users are brutal against the right situation, especially in a ghost meta like this is. However, despite it being a Charm user, Seawolf suggests using it as a Razor Leafer because it is going to attack the water and rock types, as well as Sableye and Haunter. Uh, other moves you can throw on it, Grass Knot, Hurricane, or Moonblast. Grass Knot, great for attacking water Pokemon. Definitely does a heavy hit. I don't know anything about Moonblast or Hurricane. He says it's a threat to bugs and grasses, or Moonblast is higher power at a lower cost. So it is definitely a good budget choice. Then you have your other starter, which is Swampert. Mudshot, Hydro Cannon, your legacy move, and Earthquake. Earthquake is brutal if you're not prepared for it, and Swampert moving around properly, that Hydro Cannon can definitely draw shields. It's definitely worth considering. He says it also takes out poisons and rocks and steels, especially things like a walk and lantern so those are definitely worth considering next one in the list is my personal favorites wish cash anytime he is available in the meta i will throw him in no matter what and i know my initial thoughts were quagsire and counter of quagsire but basically when i list something like quagsire it's which is really good for go battle league basically what i'm talking about there is the mud boys um your water ground types so I'm going to be substituting Quagsire with Wishcash when I build my team for this meta. He's a squishy fishy and he is absolutely wonderful. Uh, mud bombs can easily draw shields. Blizzards hits hard, especially against Golbat, Driftblim, Quagsire, and Swampert as well. Although you have to play that carefully or you're going to end up losing that Swampert. So Wishcash... At this point, if you don't have a well-built Wishcash, you definitely need to figure out how to get one. Trade for it if you need to. Other budget Pokemon to consider include Mantine. Now, Mantine is here because of the baby budget. Basically, what this means, you get a good Mantike, and you buy the second move on it before you evolve it. That second move as a baby is going to be the 10,000 Stardust. 
It's a quick and cheap way of getting a well-built Mantine before you even get to the Mantine part of the Pokemon. So it's a, a really good win either way. It did show up a lot in uh, the Sunrise Cup, and it's going to be a pain in the neck here as well. Also listed in, uh, there goes it again. There it goes again. <laughs> my, my phone can't decide whether or not it wants to charge properly. So please forgive me that. Also on the list of what I picked out as worthwhile considerations, Beedrill from previously, as we had the Weedle Community Day a couple months ago, and Crustle. And I'll get more on Crustle later as I have chosen that as the Pokemon of the week. It's pretty decent in the budget area, plus it is a very sturdy Pokemon, and it knows how to lay a smack down on occasion. I have encountered it a couple of times before, either just in Go Battle League or I forget if it's Sunrise eligible, but uh, it is a hard Pokemon to contend with and definitely worth considering if you want a good budget pick. Now that's, of course, all the battle on a budget picks that I've got for you. There are some in the higher up ends, the 50,000 Dust 50 Candy, which... If you're just starting out, you really don't want to spend that much, and going with budget choices is a lot better. What I picked there is Victory Bell Vileplume, Quagsire, Sea King Azumarill, Crawdont, the Double Legacy Dugong, which is going to be a hard pick to get. I don't know if I just like wrote down everything. I did not, as there's a couple there between Azumarill and uh, Sea King. Uh, Frostlass is worth considering. Skatank, I like Skatank. He is a chunky dude. He does take a couple hits hard, though, but Flamethrower is a good attack on him, so definitely worth considering. I also have Toxicroak, Galvantula, as we talked about earlier, and Cradilly. Cradilly is one of those weird ones that somehow just, like, comes out of the woodwork and actually is pretty decent. It's kind of odd. Having Stone Edge on it is the move you definitely want to have. Bullet Seed, Stone Edge, Grass Knot. So it's going to make the waters run and it's going to cause some damage to the flyers. So it's definitely worth considering if you've got a decent one. I don't. I wish I did. Then we get into the luxury models. <laughs> yes, that's how my brain works. I'm weird. Uh, there Again, there was some in the 50,000 that I just kind of left off that are worth considering, including Jumpluff, Shiftry, and Alolan Marowak. Definitely, definitely look all throughout those. For your luxury ends, your expensive stuff, 75,000 dust, 75 candy, Sableye, if you have the stuff to spend on it, the dust and the candy, definitely worth considering Shadow Claw, Foul Play, and Return, or Power Gem, if you don't have the Purified. Driftblim, I actually happen to have one built from, I believe it was the Twilight Cup last season. It is pricey to build it. Get that 50,000 dust and candy for that second move. Uh, Hex, Icy Wind, and Shadow Ball. You might have to TM for a little bit to finally get that Shadow Ball, but it is a good, chunky, heavy-hitting Pokemon. It hits hard on the grasses and the Mud Boys as well, so you definitely, definitely want to consider it. I also have chosen Scizor. Definitely a heavy hitter to to come across Bullet Prunch, Excisor, Iron Head, or Night Slash. Shadow Sizor, I've not had the luxury of finding one of those. So good luck. If you have one, definitely consider building it up if you have the means to spare on it. 
Uh, also selected is Ferrothorn and Rainy Castform and Lapras. The reason for Lapras, it pretty much shows up in any meta just about and causes havoc if it's available. So if you can get the Ice Shard Ice Beam Lapras that you've got from a previous season or something, you definitely want to consider it. Otherwise, you're going to have to spend some elite TMs on it and that could cost you as well. Rainy Castform I have selected in here because it's an oddball. Water Gun, Water Weather Ball, and Thunder. It's a little pricey. Again, he... Seawolf calls it a more expensive lantern. However, it is a bit different. It gets some wins against Pelipper and Galvantula. Or, excuse me, Lantern wins against Pelipper and Galvantula, where Rainy can't. However, Rainy beats all of the Mud Boys and Toxicroak. So, it's worth considering it also takes out Heracross, Escavalier, Crustle, and Hauntor. Plus, Weather Ball is a spammy move that just causes a lot of issues, so I'm guessing you can get a good number of shield baits off with the Rainy Castworm. Legendaries, I'm those are your super high-end stuff, and I'm not even gonna go there on those because it Genesect and Suicune, eh, one, you're gonna have a hard time getting them, and two, the Cost is exorbitant, especially for a beginner. 100,000 dust and 100 candy. You're going to be walking your Genesect and your Suicune forever. He also suggests that Genesect is okay-ish. And Suicune, eh, only if you've used it before. And if you're a beginner, you're probably not. I've used it before. So I am not going to recommend any legendaries whatsoever. All right, this is going to be another long episode, isn't it? And of course, let me give you really quick my personal choices that I'm kind of considering and weighing. One, Wish Cash, definitely going on the list for sure. Two, Galvantula, I've already got one built up. Driftblim, already got it built up. Cradilly, I'm going to look at it again. I I have a halfway decent one, but I've got to build up the dust again. I may have to grind some Go Battle League just to get some more dust. And again, that's a little trick and tip that uh, I don't know if I've gone over it in the previous episodes back in the basics in 101 but if you ever need dust like desperately go into go battle league and I hate recommending this but if you tank out and get to the end just to claim the rewards you'll get a thousand dust every time minimum so definitely consider that if you want to do the battles and see if you can win them go ahead full force if you want But uh, grinding through Go Battle League is a good way to pick up some extra dust if you absolutely need it. Also on my list of considerations, Toxicroak, Venusaur. I always have a Venusaur built. He's pretty much my versatile all-around Pokemon. And Skatank. I've got a few others that I'm going to possibly weigh as well, but those are the main six or seven that I'm considering. All right, I am going to take a small break, get me some water, and then we are going to come back with the back half of the show. Hopefully, I can wrap this up quick so it doesn't take too much of your time. I'll be back in just a moment. Let's get back into it, shall we? First and foremost, we're going to start with my least favorite thing that I always do, and that is shameless (laughs) self-promotion. Basically, this is all the information. If you ever want to get a hold of me or if you ever want to support the show, you can 
contact me through Twitter or Instagram. My username is anthisa.21 on Instagram. On Twitter, it is anthisa21. And on Instagram, while you're there, if you want, you can go ahead and check out all of my AR photos that I've been working on and posting. I got a little bit behind in the AR Plus Tober 2 challenge, and I finally managed to get to a point where I will be caught up by Thursday the 29th. So hopefully I can keep that momentum going and stay caught up on this challenge. I am also, and you'll be able to find this on Twitter, taking part in the Niantic AR Photo a Day Challenge. I recently posted my couple entries for today, which was shenanigans. I posted um, a photo of my favorite Eevee Rocket playing the Nintendo Switch, playing Pokemon on the Nintendo Switch. So I thought that was amusing, but that's just me. You can also check out my other show, Catan Public Radio, if you're interested. And like this podcast, that one is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other places that you might get your episodes and shows from. If you're using Apple Podcasts, pardon me, do me a favor and go ahead and send me a review. Let me know what you like about it. Go ahead and rate it. It will be greatly appreciated. If you prefer, you can also check out my episodes on YouTube as well. I don't think I have everything posted on there. I'll go back through and try to make sure I do. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, please, please, I would greatly appreciate it if you would give me a follow and subscribe and ring the little notification bell. You will get an alert anytime a new episode is posted on there. I am also going to try and post my Twitch streams and clips or whatever to YouTube when I get all of that done as well. You're interested in merch. I have a merch shop open. It is teespring.com slash stores slash podcast Pegasus podcast and gaming. And that's just basically going to be the main landing shop stop for all of my merch at the current moment. I am currently in the process of getting my Twitch set up and going. I meant to do a stream tonight. I'm currently recording on Wednesday. And uh, unfortunately, time has gotten away from me and I will not have that done. Hopefully, I will get that going next week for sure. I am currently in the process of putting together my Patreon and my Discord channel as well. When those go live, hopefully by the end of this week, I will do start doing a shameless self-promotion series of posts and story in my Instagram stories so you can check it out through that way and hopefully I'll be able to get the Discord invite up that way as well. The Discord for Pegasus Podcast and Gaming will be public access for everybody. However, there will be some Patreon exclusive channels where I will post the the monthly AR wallpaper, as well as set up polls and get everybody's feedback from Patreons, of course, on uh, what they want me to cover or what they want the next AR photo wallpaper to be, so on and so forth. And as always, you can reach out to me at my email if you have any questions, comments, or constructive criticism. And that email is anerdblog at gmail.com. I would greatly, greatly appreciate any conversation you guys want to have, any comments you have, any questions, so on and so forth. My whole intent here is to 
build an inclusive and welcoming community for people who are trying out Go Battle League and Sylph Arena for the first time. To, so that way you're not just like floundering in the deep end of the pool going, what do I do? What do I do? I want that feedback and everything to be there in place for you guys so that you don't feel like you're in over your head. All right. Thank you so much for listening through the whole spiel and rigmarole. And I know it's scattered and, and I'll probably end up writing a script for that at some point once I get everything situated in place. Okay. And there goes my phone again. Yay. Your Pokemon of the week that I have selected on pvpoke.com's rankings. And this is, of course, for the Marsh Cup. I am selecting Crustle. Crustle is a bug and rock type, and he can be a pain in the butt when he wants to be. Smackdown, Excisor, and Rock Slide are the movesets they're recommending. He takes key wins on Galvantula, Alolan Marowak, and the Ghosty Ghosts. Driftblim, Gengar, Haunter. So if you're going to run any of those, be careful of Crustle. His key losses against Mantine, Shadow Sizor, Shadow Lapras, Shadow Fortress, and Ferrothorn. Interesting how the bulk of that is Shadow Pokemon. Some people have them, some people won't. So it's a bit of a dice roll on whether or not you'll be able to take them with the Crustle. Play it safe, I'm guessing. Your fast moves that are available are Fury Cutter and Smackdown, and it's almost pretty close to even on who's using what, with most people selecting Fury Cutter. Smackdown is still a pretty good move too, so if you want to go that way, I don't think it's too much of a loss if you choose that instead. Your charged moves available are Rock Slide, Excisor, and Rock Blast, and it's interesting how those divvy up. Most people are using Rock Slide and Excisor. Excisor is a good hitting move, so it's definitely worth considering. Rock Slide has 41 percentage of preference. Excisor's is 32. Rock Blast is 25. So you really can't go wrong with any of those. Rock Blast may not be as good as the others, but if you want to try and run it anyway, go for it. It's not too bad of a move. Weaknesses are going to be Rock, Steel, and Water resistances against Poison and Normal. And honestly, you're not really going to have to worry about Steel too much, I don't think. Uh, Ferrothorn being the only one I think you really have to worry about too much. But um, I think this meta works really well for the bugs and the grasses. I know it's more ghost heavy than anything, but I think this is a bug grass meta. The rank setup you're looking for, rank 22 and a half. Your IVs that are suggested, keep in mind, suggested, are 0, 13, 13. And again, if you want like a little bit of an attack on your crustle, it's not too bad to consider doing that. Just because an IV set is suggested does not mean it is going to be 100% perfect. It's just what they want you to consider making sure you have. And that is Crustal, your Pokemon of the week. Now, let's take a look at your Battle Academy, your AP Battle Academy glossary term of the day, or for this week, and that is going to be the Blind Switch. This is basically counter-switching immediately without waiting to identify the opposing switch. This can be a risky move, however, sometimes it can pay off. It just depends on whether or not your opponent thinks they have the better Pokemon left or if they've only got one Pokemon left and you have the perfect counter to handle it. 
This is normally something that'll happen at the end of a match. If you find yourself with the advantage at the end, maybe you have two Pokemon to their uh, one that's left and you know your other Pokemon is a better counter for it. I don't see it as something that happens immediately or when you first start a match, especially if you're just starting a match. If you if your opponent goes to switch and you go for the blind switch because uh, they think they have the disadvantage, you may find yourself in a bad situation. So if you're going to blind switch, be cautious about it. It may pay off. It may not. All right. That's a long episode. Got a lot packed in there. I think I did okay. I I hope I did okay. I'm learning too. So bear with me. Give me con- comments, feedback. I, I am open to constructive criticism. Please let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know if I'm helping you. If I gave a suggestion and it didn't pay off, please let me know. Feel free to email me, send me a DM on Twitter or on Instagram, and uh, contact me, communicate with me. Let's get a conversation going. All right, I appreciate all of you that have been joining me for every episode, listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me that you all are here. I hope you have a wonderful time of day it is wherever you're at. I will see you all next week.